everyone. This is Brian Copeland talking. Welcome to another edition of Copeland's Corner. A little bit later on, if all goes well technically, we'll be joined by a distinguished panel of comics, or at least one. <laughs> I never know how many we're going to have. <laughs> we usually have three or four books, and it just kind of depends, you know, because we do this like over um, over Zoom, that we're ne- not, never in the same room. So sometimes technically we get everybody's time, technically we don't. So we'll see how this works out. Uh, but uh, we'll have somebody. And we'll uh, we'll talk about some of the news of the week. Um, I want to start this week with this. Um, This is a little bit different than the open that I usually do, because I'm going to ask um, the opinions of my guests on this. And I would like your opinion on this as well. And the way I want to get your opinion is I want you to email me. I want you to shoot me an email at Brian Copeland show. B-R-I-A-N-C-O-P-E-L-A-N-D-S-H-O-W, Brian Copeland Show at gmail.com. Okay. Brian Copeland Show at gmail.com because I want your take and what your thoughts are on this as well. About, about what I should do with this 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 quandary that I have. Um I have uh, three children, including a daughter, and I've mentioned on uh, I've mentioned on this podcast a number of times. And she was shopping at uh, at Target over the weekend. And this show is uh, being recorded on Wednesday, the um, the end of May. And at the time you're hearing this now, it is June 1st. It is the first day of Pride. And my daughter, like the rest of my family and most people I know, actually, are big supporters of Pride, uh, as well as the LGBTQ community. And in Target, she found this little candle, just a candle, and the candle said he, she, they. That's it. Candle said he, she, they. So she went there for some other things, I think linens or something, and you know, got the stuff she was there for, and then just happened to stumble upon this this candle and thought, oh, okay, I'll get this too. She likes to burn candles at her house. So she picks it up and puts it in her basket, and she goes and gets her stuff rung up. And when the clerk scans the candle, it it comes up, do not sell. That's what it says. A price does not come up on the cash register. Instead, what comes up are the words, do not sell. Now, I had heard about some of this stuff going on, like in the South and the Midwest and places, but this is the Bay Area. This is Northern California. Uh, I'm I'm was real surprised when she told me this. So the clerk had not seen this before. So the clerk called the manager over. And my daughter said this was on the sales floor and I want to buy it. And the manager said, you can't. Um, This should not have been on the sales floor. This was a mistake. And uh, we are not allowed to sell you this. And they would not sell her the candle. Again, it's just a candle. And all it says is he she they and that's in uh, in support of the lgbtq community uh, i don't know what you would find offensive about those three pronouns but okay so in case you have not heard um target has been dealing with a real firestorm over the course of the last couple of weeks because of right wing i'm not going to say right wing they're farther right wing they are mega media personalities and MAGA online influencers who have been attacking Target, and now they're going after Kohl's for selling things that in any way acknowledge, celebrate, or promote pride. 
or Pride Month. So Target caved. Target has caved and Target has taken off its shelves uh, pretty much. Well, there's it's supposed to be off the shelf again. My daughter found the candle. I guess it was a mistake. It was it was an oversight that it was left out. But anything that may be uh, in any way offensive. And they said that what they've done is they have removed articles that triggered, quote, confrontational behavior, unquote. Apparently, some of their employees in some of the stores have actually been threatened, have been threatened with physical violence because they are selling things that uh, in any way uh, acknowledge, uh, promote or celebrate pride. Um, these I, I don't even know how to describe these people. Right wingers, MAGA, they are um, it's it's uh, conservative Christians are a real force behind this as well. They're boycotting Target. And I was just reading before we began recording that Target's stock has dropped uh, for the ninth day in a row as of Wednesday. The stock has dropped for the ninth day in a row. They're losing something like a billion dollars a day because of this boycott. And again, why are you boycotting if they've already pull, they're pulling everything off the shelves that you find defensive. And the, the thing that started this was something, I, a product I'd never heard of, a tuck-friendly swim uh, swimsuit. And I'd never heard of this. I had no idea what this was. And a, a tuck-friendly swimsuit or swimwear allows trans women without gender-affirming operations to conceal genitalia. And you had some of these um, right-wing provocateurs saying that these swimsuits were being marketed to children. And they're not. Uh, they're only in adult sizes. They're not marketed to children. But even if they were, so what? It's up to the parents. It's not up to the right wing to decide what you can and cannot buy for your kid, what you should or should not allow your kid to wear. So I... Uh, it's infuriating for just so many different reasons. Um, there is a a transgender designer uh, who's quoted in uh, the Times of London today is is talking about how uh, he has been designing pride merchandise for years, and this pride merchandise that he has designed has been on the shelves at Target, and now Target has pulled it. And he says that it, 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 sits, it sets just a really bad precedent because what's happened is, is that Target, Target has for years profited from pride. And now that there is the slightest bit of pushback or controversy, they are willing to distance themselves from the LGBTQ community. It's the slightest bit of controversy. So it's like, we'll take the money, but the second that there is any kind of a problem with this, then, you know, forget it. We're, we're, we're throwing you under the bus. So my initial instinct when my daughter told me this, my daughter told me this, it pissed me off, quite frankly. Um, and I'll tell you what's interesting, too, is she posted about this on, um, on, on, uh, on Twitter. And somebody tweeted back, you know, that you shouldn't be you shouldn't be using your kid, and she wasn't using her kid. I guess she, she brought my my granddaughter with her. My granddaughter's eight months old, and um, my, she, somebody tweet, uh, tweeted, "You shouldn't be allowed allowed to use your kid, or shouldn't be using your kid as a billboard for your personal beliefs." 
meaning that that uh, that T-shirt, you know, because she would have bought bought my granddaughter a, a, a pride T-shirt if they'd had them. But you should not be using your child as a billboard to support your personal beliefs. So I look at this and I think, okay, well, if that's the case, then take all of the Patriots crap and all of the Raiders crap and all the Lakers crap that you've got your toddler wearing and take all of it and uh, and, and take it off the kid and throw it out because your two-year-old is not a Laker fan. Your two-year-old is not a Raiders supporter. Your two-year-old is not somebody who backs the Patriots. It, these are your personal beliefs. You know, so quite frankly, you, your kids are billboards for your personal beliefs until they get to the age where they say no or get to the age where you're allowed to tell where, where you can tell them uh, no and they'll obey you and do what it is that you say. So that's a ridiculous argument as far as I'm concerned. All right. So here's what my quandary is. My uh, the, it pissed me off. And my first thought was, I'm going to boycott Target. I'm going to stop going to Target. And I, and I do go. I go to Target for stuff like, you know, socks and underwear, blue jeans. You know, when I need new sheets for the bed, stuff like that, you know, I'll, I'll go to Target for because I live close to a Target and they always happen to have this stuff in stock and it's reasonably priced. And I'll go and I'll pick that stuff up. And I thought, OK, I'm going to stop giving them my money if this is how how it is they're going to behave, that they're going to cave to the right wing because the right wing doesn't like what they're selling. And they're going to take away the opportunity for people to purchase or the opportunity for for people to 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 uh, uh, to to wear uh, the opportunity for for people to obtain something that is completely legal and something that some people may disagree with. And if they're willing to do this over pride, what happens when the right wing comes after Juneteenth? What happens then? What happens when the when the right wing comes after Juneteenth? Because you better believe they're going to have a bunch of Juneteenth crap that they're commercializing. Watch. What happens when they come after Martin Luther King Day? What happens when they come after Hanukkah? I mean, are you going to bail every single time that the right wing doesn't like something? So my initial inclination is to boycott them. Then I'm not going to give them another penny of, of my money until they stop, till they show that they have some testicular fortitude and they stand up to the right wing and say, no, you're not going to tell us what we can and can't sell. Then I read this report right before I began recording that they're losing a billion dollars a day because they're already being boycotted and they're being boycotted. And the boycott has been targeted and orchestrated by conservative Christians, and they're being boycotted for carrying that those items in the first place. So the quandary is this. Should I because of the way that I feel, I'm not going to tell you what you should do. You tell me what I should do. Because the way that I feel about this, should I boycott them and say, the hell with you, I'm not giving you any more of my money until you tell MAGA to go to hell? Or because of the fact that they are already hurting, because of the fact that they're being boycotted by MAGA and by the, the conservative Christians, and I'll put Christians in air quotes, because these people know nothing about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ would not be on their side in this. You know, Jesus Christ spent all his time running around with 12 guys and hookers and lepers and people that these folks who call themselves Christians would have nothing to do with. 
<laughs> but because of the fact that they are be that, that they're already being badly hurt by these people, instead of boycotting them, would it be better for me to go there and spend money on purpose to support them, to say that I disagree with what's being done to you? So those are the two things, okay? So tell, shoot me an email again, Brian Copeland Show at gmail.com and tell me what you think I should do. Should I boycott them for bailing? Should I boycott them for caving in? Or should I go there and deliberately spend money, spend more money than I would normally spend in order to support them because of the fact that they're under attack by the right wing? What do you think I should do? We'll find out what comics say right after this. For nearly 75 years, rock and roll has defined generations. Rock and all of its subgenres reflect society, sets the tone of our lives, and helps us discover who we are. Music takes us on a journey, and so do the stories of the people who create and inspire it. Hi, I'm Chris Kosach, host of the music podcast, Text, Prose, and Rock and Roll, the only podcast dedicated to the written account of music. From artist memoirs to band bios, we'll bring you firsthand accounts of those who lived the life lifestyle, and the experiences that shape their work. It's a book club that rocks, literally. Each episode, or track as we call them, will bring you something different. You might catch a reading or the occasional performance, and what the hell. If there's a great music documentary, we'll cover that too. Because after all, what's rock and roll if you don't break the rules once in a while? So join me, Chris Kosach, for a conversation you just won't get anywhere else on text, prose, and rock and roll. This is the part of the podcast that we call Headliners on the Headlines. Uh, joining us this week, two of our regulars, Lauren Mayer is back, and uh, Chris Riggins is with us. Good to have you both. Thanks, Thanks for, joining for having you. me. Thanks for having hey, me. How's now, it where's going? everybody? Chris, are you in L.A.? I am in Los Angeles right now. In L.A. Now, when are you come, coming up here for a gig next? Uh, I literally just left the Bay Area like two days ago, so I'll probably be back sometime. In June, uh, actually, I'm going to Berlin, Germany uh, from the 11th to the 17th. So I'll be sometime after that. I'll be back in the Bay Area. OK, well, I also know, too, that we're, we're doing this big comedy in the plaza in San Leandro, California, which is a big free comedy concert on uh, the 15th of July. And you're part of that. Yeah. So, so people will be able to see you there. And Lauren, you are where? I'm in San Mateo for the time being. Well, I'll be moving to probably San Leandro sometime in August. But All right, um, can I borrow a cup of sugar? Yeah, <laughs> you can borrow a cup <laughs> of anything. Um, yeah, I'm just, you know, hanging out, doing my stuff online. I've got some house concerts coming up the end of August and September and a couple of live stream shows coming up and just awesome. plugging away. All right. Now, uh, now, both of you heard my open. Uh, oh, yeah. about, you know, Carolyn going to my daughter, Carolyn, going to Target and and buying a candle, trying to buy a candle that said he, she, they. That's all the candle said. And it was a it was a, a pride celebration candle. And when it got scanned, it said, do not sell. And Target has basically not basically they have caved to the right wing uh, in terms of selling pride merchandise. They pulled it. They will not sell it. Anything that in any way. Uh, celebrates, recognizes, acknowledges pride. 
and and they're distancing themselves from the LGBTQ community. Uh, and they they have profited year after year off of pride, but now that there's controversy, they're they're bailing. So I'm pissed about this, and I want to. I'm I'm not sure which way to go. All right, what do you think I should do? Should I boycott them? Because my first inclination is, then I'm not going to give you my money. You know, mm-hmm. there are places that are like that. You know, home. I got a handful of places that I boycott that I, that I personally do not give my money to. Home Depot. Yeah. You know, the CEO of, of Home Depot is a big Trump guy, and I am not going to go to Home Depot and give you my money so you can send it to to Donald Trump to keep Donald Trump and Mag in power. Ain't going to happen. You know, my pillow. I had a my pillow until I found out who Mike Lindell really was. And I I threw it away. I threw it away. Perfectly good, expensive pillow that I liked. But I I boycott them. Chick-fil-A. I don't I don't uh, patronize Chick-fil-A at all. Although Um, you might have to change that, Brian, because now the maggots are boycotting Chick-fil-A because it came out that they have somebody in corporate who's in charge of DEI diversity. Oh, I read about that today. Yeah. So so now they're boycotting Chick-fil-A. So it's like, oh, maybe I'll buy something. My enemy is my friend. So So, let me so let me say. So here are the two things. So so do I should I boycott them uh, because of the fact that they caved? Or because of the fact that they're losing a billion dollars a day because they're already being boycotted by the Christian right and by by MAGA, should I go and spend more money instead in order to support them? See, I'd say spend money for two reasons. Number one, the narrative that the right is not even the right. You're right. They're they're just nuts. The the bigots are spinning this narrative that their boycott is working and their you know their motto is go woke go broke. So if I sp- if we all spend a lot of money at Target, it helps diffuse that and makes them less able to claim that they've ruined Target's money. I'm also always up for any excuse to shop. So <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't boycott because the thing that I heard that you said is that they're taking them down, not because they don't support LGBT, but because people are being physically threatened at work for them. And if this is a worker safety issue, I'm for the workers. And I feel like you have to do what's best for your employees. And I kind of it sucks. It really is a terrible decision. It's like the lesser to evil type decision. It, It really sucks. But as a business, I would hate to see target employees start getting uh, physically assaulted just for working there and and selling it as opposed to them saying, you know what, we can't take the chance because here's the thing. We got to remember January 6th, very real did happen. These people have shown they have literally no conscience or no no kind of of attack to not do something violent. And they got guns. and they've got guns and we're talking about, you know, Target is in conservative places, too. I mean, yes, there's Target in the Bay Area in L.A. and the, the local in the in the, the liberal bubbles. But we're talking about a Target employee who's who's in the middle of, of Ohio who has to deal with the, the Trump crowd that's going to come in there and destroy the Target. And they're going to get hurt because they work there. So it's a, it's not just them saying, oh, we don't support you. It's saying, look. This is something that we can't, you know, we have to take this into accountability. So now, it's I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you that I, I'm, I'm with you 100 percent. I don't want to see anybody get hurt, especially get hurt for something like going to work to sell a product that you yeah. had nothing to do with, with exactly. or deciding to stock or whatever. However, the, but the problem is, is that if you came to that, then what you're saying is in order for them to have their way, all they have to do is make is threaten. 
that all right. they have to do is threaten violence. Well, okay, so if so, so let's go with what you're saying, Chris. And because because of the threats of of, of physical violence that they decide, forget it. We're not going to carry that. Okay, what about Juneteenth? What about what about when they pull out with Juneteenth? I feel the same way. The same way, you know, so they shouldn't have Juneteenth. So what about the when thing. they pull up with Martin Luther King Day? I feel the same way. It's what about when they know. pull up with Hanukkah? It's not. I, here's I, the thing. Target is a business. I don't expect Target to re- to represent my values anyway. So first of all, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, they have the higher moral obligation to uphold Juneteenth and all these these holidays. It's still a capitalist money grab. So in my True. opinion, it's like it's not even like you're really supporting Juneteenth or Pride or any of these. So it, it, it doesn't matter in the sense of I'm not going to get mad about it. I'm not going to be like, oh, now they hate black people. I'm going to be like, you know what? They're a business. I, I don't really see how I expect them to represent me. What you know, what I'd be mad is if local government did it. You know what I mean? If local government said we're gonna cancel our Juneteenth celebration because these threats, then it's like, no, 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 you're gonna put more police out there. Yeah. You're gonna protect us like you would their freedom of speech. That's another thing. But target their business. They have a right to do what they need to do to 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 for their bottom line, basically. Right. But Brian, you have a really good point, Brian, which is if they if we reward them for caving on this, you're right, they're going to, you know, and whether it's gross that they're commercializing, you know, Juneteenth and Martin Luther King Day and Hanukkah and all the other stuff that that maggots will probably object to. um, You're right. We don't want to reward that. So no, we don't. You know, and, and during the civil rights movement, these kinds of things happen. I was reading about during the civil rights movement, you had businesses that were threatened because of their supports of, of, of civil rights, you know, threatened right. or boycotted, you know, throughout the South and throughout the Jim Crow areas because of of uh, of their of their support. Well, so, you know, where would we be today had they caved? Well, fortunately, we're not dealing with an intelligent subset of the electorate in terms of, you know, they go nuts over something that's been around for years until the next shiny object gets them. I mean, you know, they were shooting up their bud cans, bud light cans until it turns out every beer because pride is big business. I mean, it's good for businesses in terms of just performative, you know, inclusion. And so they, you know, and it looks pretty, everybody likes rainbows. And what's happening is all these businesses, every single beer has done a campaign with a trans influencer or a rainbow on it. They're, you know, they're boycotting Target, but it turns out Kohl's and Walmart all have pride merchandise. And they're going after Kohl's. Kohl's is the next target. Yeah, well, they're going to have to go after Trump next because there's a whole thing on the Trump fundraising page. There are Make America Great Rainbow Pride t-shirts. Right. Yeah. So, so I mean, they're, are they going to boycott Trump now? Here's the thing. I can't be, uh, you know, we talk about the businesses in the past that didn't fold, you know, but there were some that did. And I don't fault yeah, them. Yeah, there were. For, I don't fault them for making a business decision on like safety. Like, you don't know. Like, yeah, some people chose, but also you got to remember, let's not act like the people who chose not to fold didn't actually endure physical violence also. They, they did. did. And they, they had their didn't. houses bombed sometimes. Exactly. And all so it's kind of like, you know, can you blame somebody for not wanting to get their house bombed where their family lives and they may not be able to buy a new house? Like, uh, yeah, I really want to be here. But, you know, I got things, bigger things to think of, which I understand now as a 44 year old man. Whereas when I was young in my 20s, I'd have been like, burn it all. But now I'm like, uh, I understand why you might not be so quick to want to get your business torched. Uh, in the name of standing up for something that you are using as a capitalist 
chill anyway. Like, isn't yeah. it interesting how interesting how, how you mellow out when you get older? Right, <laughs> it's because we get scared. You are burn it I'm, down, burn it all down. I'm, <laughs> I'm so right. I'm super pro black. I'm always going to be pro black, but now I'm more pro black instead of let's run over there and burn everything down. Like let's walk over there and see if we can find a side door. (laughs) (laughs) But the building didn't do nothing to us. (laughs) It's the people in the building that did it. So let's get in there, you know? And I, you know, I, I, I understand if you don't want to spend money, like I don't fault anybody for taking a personal boycott. I think it's a it's a stance that you have to alone stand on. And mm-hmm. if that's what you want to do, do um, me personally, I feel like, yeah, go in there and spend the money because it's like Lauren said, it's the narrative that the right wants is that we're all going to turn on it because that's kind of how the left does anyway. As soon as mm-hmm. as soon as something isn't perfect, we're like, ah, they're not woke enough. Now we have to boycott you, too. And it's like, bam, like you see what's happening here. Yeah, anti-woke just, is failing. I mean, that, that, oh, that yeah. was, you know, a big, big part of the uh, of uh, a piece in The Washington Post today. All this anti-woke crap, it's failing. You and know, the businesses this is, are doing well who are businesses woke. are doing very, very well. The overwhelming majority of of uh, of Americans when polled, I'm talking like 65, 70 percent think that woke. When you look at the word woke as as meaning that you have an understanding and an empathy for the plights of people who are not like yourself, they think that's a good thing. You know, and so when they get when the right gets, you know, these little victories like like Target. When they get these little victories, you know, they they trumpet them like 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 they're winning this war and they're not. I mean, uh, how much has Ron DeSantis hurt Disney? Well, exactly. And I mean, look at Tucker Carlson went off on M&Ms for being too woke. Part of it is, yes, it's it works in the moment and Target is taking a hit right now. But like that Washington Post piece said, long term, it doesn't hurt businesses. Right. Um, so and and Brian, I also wanted to go back to your n- initial point about, you know, businesses that you boycott. I think there's a huge difference between you giving money to Home Depot, which, you know, is going eventually into the pockets of an owner who gives money to Trump or me. I'm not going to give money to Hobby Lobby, although I hate crafting anyway, so I probably wouldn't. But if I did, I wouldn't give them my money because, you know, their CEO gives money to anti-choice um, you know, pro-life stuff. Oh, see, they Part- get my list too, but there's yeah. not any Hobby Lobby around here. That's the they just opened one in San Mateo of all places. It's now you okay. just plug them. Now you yeah. Just plug oh, shoot, shoot, shoot. They're, that's a I terrible store and it's an awful store. But the target money that you give isn't going to, and it's the, the store's policy in terms of how they've handled this Thing that they didn't create you can disagree with and protest and talk about but your money isn't going towards funding it and i think that's where the difference is well they're calling that. speaking of which that they are calling the ceo of target and why say they again i'm talking about these right-wing media figures okay you're giving them pronouns the post they're calling them a groomer oh, he's, a, he's a pervert groomer Meanwhile, the the, wow. the statistics. On, I'm actually doing a song coming out this week called "Why Is a Rainbow Scarier Than a Gun," but um, <laughs> but <laughs> these idiots. I mean, story after story keeps coming out that the real groomers are these, you know, youth pastors and oh yeah, and the Jeffrey guy- Epstein was a Republican. Yeah, was he? Come on, he hung out with Trump. Come on, uh, you don't have private. Yeah, but he hung out with Clinton too. Yeah, yeah, you don't have private plans and not be a Republican. I'm sorry. Oh, there's so there are some wealthy liberals too, and I can I can speak mm. out against jerky, you know, pedophiles. George Soros ain't broke. 
And, no. and he's not flying commercial. Eh, no, <laughs> I'm sorry. They're all Republicans. My no. <laughs> <laughs> they're all Republicans. Okay, so the guy. consensus between the two of you is is to go ahead and to shop there to support them. Yeah, oh, boy, God, I'm support them. No, but talk about it, too. And maybe enough of us can put pressure on them to put that merchandise back out, at least. I mean, there haven't well, been. Well, that's those- what needs to happen. There needs yeah. to be a movement on the other side to push them to to show that we're not. Well, it, it, you know, like there's things like, you know, if I had a security company, I'd be like, well, I'm I'm volunteering my security company to do security there. So, OK, exactly. Violet. We that's- need the, the people. You get off my computer, cat. We need the people to uh to come up and fight just like them because it's like, you know, these people on the other side, they really don't have a long attention span on something. And no. the minute the minute it, it starts feeling a little hard, that's when they quit and they go find the new things. Because right now it's targets an easy targets an easy target. <laughs> but they're and they're bullies and they're I mean there's a video going around about one young woman target employee and she just kind of talks to this guy he's like don't you care what God thinks she's like no because I don't believe in God I am a Satanist so get right. get out of the store <laughs> and she, no. she got him out of the store there's and, the one guy who was breaking up the the pride stuff and it finally turns out he has a profile on Grinder. Yep. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of that. I mean, there, you know, there, there was a, some guy I was reading, you know, just, you know, skimming the headlines like day before yesterday, yesterday, and uh, somebody who was at um, an, an anti LGBTQ um, march somewhere who was prominent in it and spewing a lot of nonsense. So they come to find out has been molesting kids. Oh, yeah. Well, the hypocrisy isn't a bug. It's a feature. You know, it's like generally the more homophobic these guys are, the more likely it is that there's, you know, some gay porn in their history. Oh, remember the for- the former mayor of Spokane a few years back, who was just Mr. Anti-Gay and signing every bit of anti-gay legislation, you know, things that were constitutional, unconstitutional. He didn't care. He was just so against it. And then the recordings came out of him with his male lover. Oh, and what's it? Falwell and the pool boy. You know, Reverend Jerry Falwell had his yeah. pool boy. So, well, yeah, you no know, disrespect what, to pool boys. Whenever there's somebody <laughs> who was that strident and anybody who is that, you know, protesting that much, usually there's something else going on. Usually there's protest too much. Methinks the lady doth protest. Yeah. <laughs> Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham. I mean, Mike Pence. I'm sorry. Some of these guys are just, yeah, they're a little well, Lindsey Graham. Well, you know, Lindsey Graham, they, they say, and, you know, and I, and I hate being saying that because that's what Fox News does is some people say that's how they put crap out. That's not true. But they say when I say they say I've, I've heard this a number of places from people who work in, in Washington and people who work in the Capitol. So I've heard this from people. And I, so I do not know if this is true. But what they say is that it's been an open secret um, about Lindsey Graham's orientation forever, for years, I guess, except for his constituents, because I can't believe his constituents would if if what they say about his orientation is true. I can't believe the people in the state he represents would send him keep sending him to, to the Senate. Well, and it's normally I don't care whether whether he wants to sleep with men, women or chickens. It's his, his, well, his, except he's a, except he's a respectful queen and he keeps his business in the boudoir. So. But except <laughs> that he doesn't want other people to have that right. That's the hypocrisy that I can't stand. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, I'm not I mean, it, I don't I 
even punching up, I'm not going to make fun of other people's appearance, except Donald no. Trump's appearance is fair game to make fun of because that's a brand for him to make fun of other people. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes it that makes it fair. Well, we'll we'll end this part of the discussion with this. And there is of, of, of those places, those businesses that are being boycotted by MAGA for supporting pride. Uh, you have Anheuser-Busch. Um, because of the, the Bud Light thing, they, they are being boycotted. And apparently it, ha it has hurt them financially. Um, they are, of course, Target, as I mentioned. But the only one that I'll support and be on their side is the Dodgers. Boycotting the Dodgers? Yeah, because I'm a Giants fan. Yeah, so, but they invited back the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. They they got some pushback. Do you remember there was that whole thing with their yeah. pride thing? And they, uh, I I met oh, the Sisters. Pride. It, well, me boycotting, boycotting oh. the Dodgers. Nothing to do with pride. It has to do with being a Giants fan. That's Can I just get in something yeah. positive about the per, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence? Because this ahead. is a fun pride thing. Plus, it's a nice thing I can say about my first husband. I did a bunch of cabaret stuff back in the 80s and a lot of AIDS fundraisers and got to perform with them a few times. And he had gone through all Catholic school stuff and he came with me to one of these things and he looked at me and he said they look like nightmares I used to have in parochial school <laughs> so I thought that was a good way to describe them um speaking of this is sort of on the same topic a, a, a little bit you know about about um spending money deliberately uh in order to support something that the bigots hate um, the movie, The Little Mermaid, the, the movie, the live action version of Disney's The Little Mermaid opened in theaters across North America on Friday. I think Thursday, they had a preview night and there was such a stink when the original casting of this film was announced publicly because the actress playing The Little Mermaid is Halle Bailey, who is black. And you had all these bigots just going oh. crazy you know, talk about our wokeness and the Little Mermaid is white. And it's like, well, first of all, Little Mermaid isn't real. <laughs> Let's start right. with that premise. Mermaids aren't real. But the, the fact of the matter is that they, they wanted to. I, I was hoping that the film was going to do well, because if the film did not do well, then uh, that was going to give credence to uh, their complaint, yeah. To the bigots. Well, but, in the first three days of release in North America, The Little Mermaid has grossed $96 million. And uh, the last Disney live action, that's their new franchise now is to take their animated classics and make live action versions. And the last one they did was uh, was Aladdin, I think. And Aladdin took in $91 million during its first weekend and ended up making over a billion. And so The Little Mermaid is taking in five million more than that. So the movie's a hit. So I'm, I'm thrilled to see that. And I know my daughter, among others, who went specifically to see that film for exactly that reason. Yeah, they I can't to wait. They wanted to Halle Bailey. And they wanted, they wanted to, to, they wanted to, you know, take their, their, what does it cost to go to a movie? 12 bucks? Yeah. My favorite thing about the movie is because I studied some children's literature in college and the, and the ones who are claiming that their complaint isn't racist and they understand that the mermaid is a fictional character but they say they should be true to Hans Christian Andersen who was from Denmark so she needs to look Danish because that's the authentic root of the story but what they neglect is in the original story she dies 
and <laughs> so and they wanted to be off and and the original disney movie they made her a red-headed american she didn't look scandinavian in the in the cartoons so and you know what was also interesting too is that the people who are yelling and screaming about casting with things like this you know i mean or like, about gay with, superheroes with the, like, with the, or like the flash yeah you know the, the flash that just ended a nine-year run on the cw um the flash's wife is african-american and in the comics for 40 years she's been white um these are are generally people who consider themselves or or tout themselves as being christians but you never hear them complain when jesus looked like he came from europe exactly movie. you uh, i've never heard any of them complain. and there's no way based on the part of the world in which jesus was born and lived and crucified did 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 jesus look the way that jesus is portrayed to look in just about every film you've ever seen well and and then for the ones who, I mean, there was an interview and i think is it Richard Dreyfus, I think, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, he did an interview complaining about diversity in casting and how, you know, there's no, oh, and about blackface, how he should be able to play Othello. Yeah. And because he's now losing opportunities. It's like um, white men, white people, white actors have had way more opportunity. You look at all the white women who put on dark makeup to play, you know, Myrna Loy played Asian women in her early yeah. film career. It's, it's nuts. And so to there's never the there's way. never been a Chinese Charlie Chan, which is why you don't see Charlie it's, Chan movies. It's crazy. Charlie uh, Chan was a was a big franchise. You and I, you're like me, you're a movie historian. Was a major franchise in like the 40s. I think they oh. did 20 or 30 different Charlie Chan movies, and it was always a white actor yep. with you know with in yellow face. Louise Rayner won an Academy Award for playing a Chinese woman. I mean, it's just it's nuts. Um, I don't I, I still remember when they came out with that casting announcement. I don't know if you guys saw this. It was going around on social media. They filmed little black girls watching the reveal of her coming out, you know, because and realizing that they'd cast yes. a black little. Yes. I sobbed all awesome. the way through that, especially the last one, the sassy little, I don't know, it looked like she's about four years old. Mommy, it's Whitney Houston. <laughs> <laughs> but she was, but just watching these little girls go, oh my God, there's finally a heroine and a princess who looks like me. I just sobbed. It was By so the way, sweet. Speaking of Whitney Houston, completely off off topic, um, I, I meant to get out and see the Whitney Houston movie when it was in theaters and it just came and went fast. I didn't read a review. I usually don't read a review of a movie that I want to see until after I've seen it because I don't want to be influenced in any way or have some critics, you know, criticism in the back of my head as I'm watching the film. So I, I missed it. It came and went just really fast. I forget what it was up against, but it was like on one screen. You know, you go to the multiplex and there were 30 movies playing, but they put that on one screen for like two weekends. Yeah. And I saw it on uh, Netflix has got it and it's good. Oh, good. If you have not seen it, I want to recommend it. I recommend it. I highly recommend it. It's it's really good. It's really well done. And it's it's also heartbreaking. And I just want to slap Bobby Brown. <laughs> Why? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Slap Bobby. Brown. We're not. We're not going to. We're not going to slander Bobby. We're not going to. We're not going to slander Bobby here. Bobby. Bobby. Uh, th let's be real. It was both of them. They was hitting each other. That was. That was a volatile marriage. Bobby. Uh, here's the thing. Most got her think, in the crack. No, Bobby he didn't. Got her in the crack. You, no, he didn't. You know who got her in the crack? Her who family. Got her in the crack? Her family from Newark, New Jersey, fam. Y'all forget. 
Here's the thing. People forget about Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston was from Newark, New Jersey. She was not from a pretty part of Connecticut. She was from a dirty, dirty part of New Jersey. So she didn't come in there squeaky clean. If you want to know who started getting Bobby the best Coke, it was Whitney. When Bobby was selling his little cheap Coke in Boston, Whitney was like, man, I got a better connect. Whitney was doing crack on her own. People always blame Bobby. You can't make, you can't turn somebody into a crackhead. They turn themselves into a crackhead. Bobby did not introduce Whitney to crack. She's from Newark, New Jersey. She knew about crack. She knew crack before she met Bobby. That's a big misconception. And I was only saying because I talked with Bobby Brown. Oh, okay. So you talked to him and you're going by what it is he told you. I mean, I'm going by with somebody who was there, who was, who was actually there and, and, you okay. know, Bobby ain't got no reason to lie. All I'm going by is stuff I've read and, and gossip and films and and uh, TV specials and stuff like that. So so that, yeah, Bobby, take that for what it's worth. Take it for Bobby, whatever, whatever that's worth. They will always vilify Bobby. But Bobby was not the cause of any of that. Because remember, when she died, she wasn't with Bobby. No, she wasn't. I'll tell you she, another interesting story that that's not in that's not in the movie. Is she dated Eddie Murphy, which I didn't know. She used to date yeah. Eddie Murphy. Wow, Bobby Brown and Eddie Murphy. She's she's in her wedding dress, getting ready to go marry Bobby Brown. And Eddie Murphy called her up and begged her not to do it. Wow, begged her not yeah. to do it. Say, no. You're making a mistake. This Whitney, is not going to be good for you. Don't marry this guy. Oh, Whitney and Bobby was in love. They just were addicts. They were both addicts. It's like you got to remember when two addicts get together, the love of the drug will always come first. Yeah. And that's going to destroy every relationship. Honestly, if you if you really like watch interviews with those two and you really want to know, those two were in love. But drugs was more and they were more in love with drugs. Oh, that and, that Barbara Walters famous Barbara Walters interview where she says crack is whack. I make I make too much money to smoke crack. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, that, yeah. I, I'm surprised that they didn't put that in the film. I'm really not? surprised. But the movie's called I Want to Dance with Somebody, but it's on Netflix and I, I highly recommend it. I, wow. I, I highly recommend it. I still can't get over her with Eddie Murphy. That's wow. I had no idea. Oh, I can see that. Oh, I yeah, I can see, see it. I just had no idea. But can you imagine how talented those kids would have been if they'd had kids? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And he was and his, his whole thing was has always been that. I mean, from what I understand, he doesn't even drink. Yeah. Eddie Murphy's so clean. You know, Eddie Murphy didn't even drink. Didn't even have, you know, when was he was, you know, starting mm-hmm. out in stand up and would go in clubs. He wouldn't even have a beer. I always wonder how people, I mean, I you know come from the music world and I always work with these musicians who play a whole gig with multiple drinks. It's like, how can you do that? I, I, I don't know. I just don't know how people function that way. Oh, like Dean Martin, you know, I was, I was listening to a thing on Dean Martin and how he was, you know, during his years, what was it? The Sands or wherever it was yeah. in Vegas, he'd be hammered or he'd be drinking scotch while he's doing this. He's but doing I thought this. after a certain point, it was like iced tea in his glass. It was he was one of those people who his stage persona was not who he was. And well, he acted I'll, like a drunk. I'll tell you, that's what it was that I have thought. But for what my understanding is, is no, he really was drinking. Wow. Um, I had I had Barbara Eden on as a guest on radio once. And I remember, told her I remember being a little kid and seeing her as genie on on the the dean martin show and and uh, i go and he drank like uh, iced tea right she goes oh no no those glasses were that was booze Hmm. (laughs) she goes no those glasses were full of booze i wonder because i've heard i've i've heard the same thing about the iced tea that it was 
because when he and Jerry Lewis broke up, there was a whole, you know, he didn't have a persona. He had just been sort of the straight man. So this yeah. was a shtick he developed. So. You know, can you sit through a Martin and Lewis film? I, no, I, I, I just I just have never had the patience for Jerry Lewis. I never thought he was funny. <laughs> I always thought Dean was cute and he has a beautiful hat, a beautiful singing voice. But I'm just I also but again, I'm I don't know. I'm a feminist female, so I always objected to the way women were treated in those movies. I also can't sit through Three Stooges. Is that yeah, women hate the, the, the Three Stooges for some reason. I, I, I have only met one woman who thinks the Three Stooges well, were funny my entire life. Women just, you know, did, do you think that the Three or did you at least as a kid, Chris, think that the Three Stooges were funny? Uh, you know, uh, I, they weren't really around when I was a kid like that. Like we knew who the Three Stooges were, but it wasn't like why we watched it like, oh, this is old old comedy it's just this is uh this was funny back in the day i guess like so when it, i was a kid it, they were in syndication it was like yeah had a, it, was, it was the three stooges and little rascals you'd come home from school at four o'clock right. and they'd, they'd be on so i'll tell you yeah. why women don't think they're funny and when i did think they were you know i'm a mom the idea of people getting hurt just makes me cringe and it's you know I, i'm not opposed to slapstick that was a lot of charlie chaplin's stuff it's just it was mean-spirited but they're they are in an early movie called dancing lady with joan crawford and clark gable of all people speaking of movie history and they play this trio of musicians i'm pretty sure that's the movie and they are really funny because they're doing kind of like you know spike jones sort of music comedy stuff and they're funny so i did like them in that um, when I was a kid, I, I I watched them every day until I took two fingers and poked my sister in the eye like Mo used to do. Uh -huh. and, and well, she was supposed to block it, dude. That's her fault. She was that, yeah. To <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was my defense when I got my behind whipped and was told I was no longer allowed to watch. Them. So your grandma probably didn't think they were funny either. And it's not funny in real no. life, apparently. Well, I mean, maybe she should have been watching more Three Stooges and been known. Oh, here comes the eye poke. Boom, put the pan in the middle. But No, she needed a seltzer spigot to spray you. <laughs> uh, let's see. Also on the news, uh, Theranos founder Elizabeth Holmes surrendered herself to a Byron, Texas prison camp. She began her 11 year sentence for fraud and the prison camp doesn't really sound like it's that bad. You know, there's like four four prison beds camp. to a cell. They've got TVs. They've got a running track. They've got you know, they've got it's not San Quentin. No. OK, I mean, it's still prison and it's still you're still in confinement. Uh, but they've got a playground area so that when, on visiting day, if you've got kids that come to see you, you can play with your kids. They have a photographer who works for the prison who will yeah. take family pictures when got, um, when your family social comes media. to yeah. visit. Yeah, they got social media as well. In fact, and they say that the book on her bad blood, which is written by the reporter um, John carry you i believe yeah. his name is who uh who's the one who exposed this whole thing uh has been checked out of the library uh some that it's it's like a waiting list for the book i read it when it first came out yeah i read it too i read it oh too. my god so, here, so here's Riveting. my question here's my question for you people are gleeful i mean when you mention elizabeth holmes and, I, and i've seen i've seen a, a couple of documentaries on her i saw the miniseries that hulu did on her and and when you talk about Elizabeth Holmes going to prison, people are actually just gleeful about it. 
Why do you think that is? Is it because she was rich? Is it because she was entitled? Why do you think people are so happy? Because there are people who do horrible crap, who go to prison and folks are not this happy to see them go to prison. I don't think it's necessarily by comparison to people who do worse stuff, but it's more that she, it looked like she was going to get out of it. Um, because I mean, you know, her trial started what five years ago and mm -hmm. there is a sense that a conventionally attractive privileged white woman is never going to face consequences. And then she was so fake. That's the other thing. It was that artificially lowered voice, the black turtlenecks like Steve jobs, the comp and the fact that she, you know, because of that, you know, entitled rich young girl thing that she, you know, she got Henry Kissinger to be on her board and it was oh, absolute, yeah. there was nothing to it. It was completely made up. And unlike other, cause there's lots of Silicon Valley, you know, non-existent products, but people could have died because of hers. I mean, to get into oh, fraudulent medical stuff. So I think it is a, a sense of relief, at least in my case, because I, I don't know if I'm gleeful, but I was certainly like, you know. You're glad, are you glad to see her in jail? I'm not glad to see anyone in jail. I'm glad to see somebody that. Oh, there's some people you're glad. I'd be to glad to see. In yeah, jail. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. Donald Trump. Yes. People. Ivanka Trump. I would be. I think the reason I am glad to see her face consequences is the same reason. I I don't know why Ivanka rubs me the wrong way more than Don Jr. and Eric because of the fakeness and the faux feminism mm -hmm. and and she makes women in, in startups look bad because it's hard enough for women to get anywhere in silicon valley because they're afraid they're going to use their looks well, they were saying yeah they were saying it because of elizabeth holmes it's it's harder chris yep. you were saying something uh no i'm i was agreeing with you there's some people who i would love to see in jail it's just some people deserve to be there i think jail is there for some people not not people sell weed but you know yeah let yeah. me ask you this. Uh, uh, and again, this is something I didn't plan to talk about. Just just something I'd, I'd like your take on. Um, we, we in uh, I live in Alameda County, um, Alameda County in Northern California is the county that encompasses um, Oakland and a number of surrounding cities. And Alameda County elected a, a new progressive district attorney in, in the last election uh, by the name of Pamela Price. And she's the first African-American woman to be the district attorney of Alameda County. And one of the things that she ran on was that she was um, really opposed to mass incarceration. And if she was elected DA, she would do what it was that uh, her office enabled her to do to deal with the problem of mass incarceration. And what I thought, and the way, at least the way that I took what she was talking about was, you know, people who are going to jail for 20 years for possession, you know, stuff like that. Um, you know, the disparity between powder cocaine and crack cocaine, you know, white people use disproportionately use powder cocaine, African-American people disproportionately use crack cocaine. They're both cocaine, but the crack, you go to prison for a lot longer right. than you do for the powder. For the, I thought she's a little stuff like that. So, she gets in office. And one of the first things that she's done is she there was a guy who committed a, a murder for hire. And then, if I'm remembering this correctly, killed a bystander. It was a bystander or somebody who's like in the wrong place at the wrong time or who saw it or something. And then he also killed a witness who was going to testify in another case against his younger brother. So he's got three murders. 
And he's been sitting in jail for, I think, four or five years or something because of the backup and in, in because of COVID, putting things on hold in the courts and whatnot. And so she's really anti-incarceration. So she cut a deal that would have had him out of prison in seven years. What? In seven years. Yeah. It would have been, I think it was 14 years or 15 years and then taking the time he's already served. Um, if he had, he had to issue an apology in court and oh, would be out in seven years and the judge threw it out. The judge has to accept the plea and the judge says, no, absolutely not. But part of this was in the name of again, mass incarceration. So do you think that the stuff like this goes too, too far? She's telling her, her, there are, are a number of, uh, of, of prosecutors in her office who are career prosecutors who are quitting. Because they're saying that they're not able to do their job. She's telling people if there is any possibility with somebody being charged of of, of giving them probation instead of jail, give them probation. If it's well, mandatory that you give them jail time, go for the lowest j- amount of jail time possible. That's, okay, her, th- that's the policy of her office. This is why people get pissed off at this kind of thing, because, you know, it's I'm sorry that why she is starting with a murder charge instead of somebody who's rotting in jail for selling a couple of joints. I mean, you know, you start with the nonviolent crimes and you start with them. And I'm not saying she started with that. I don't know what else she's done. This this was the first high profile. This could be the 50th plea deal she's made for all I know. I I don't know. But this is the one that this is the one that got all of the media attention to be out oh. seven years for three murders, including a murder for hire and including probably the one of the worst things you could do next to ki- trying to kill a judge is to kill a witness. Exactly. Because uh, because that is a direct attack on the judicial system itself. Yeah. Wasn't well, this the Asian guy that kind of said it was black people that did it, too? I I don't believe so. I, I don't oh, believe so. one different one heard murder for hire and a lot of murder for hires in Oakland. Uh, you know, the thing is and it's cheap. That's the thing. That, that, that's the scary thing. And that's the part that was it's me like, cheap. If I'm going to murder somebody for hire, it's got to be life altering money. It's got to be yeah. like, OK, I and my kids and who I'm deemed important to me can disappear forever. You will never find me. That's how much money it has to be yeah. unless it's somebody that steps on my shoes. But anyway, no, look. <laughs> and an apology. I'm sorry. That's what a second grader has to write. If they punch somebody well, on the playground, an apology to a murder victim. And he had to write 100 times on the blackboard. I will yeah. not. Three homicides. These things, these things need to have nuance. Like, I don't know. It's like, I'm all for ending mass incarceration. I'm all for what her, her goal is. Yeah. She has to understand that it can't apply across the board the same. Like I get the whole, everybody gets the same treatment, but everybody doesn't get the same treatment. Everybody's not, shouldn't get the same treatment because yeah, murder for hire bodies. Yeah. This person should not be treated as someone that doesn't need to be in prison for a very long time. And I'm against prison. So it's one of those things where it's like, you got to have the you got to give like in order for her DA's work, she has to give them the judgment to be able to say, OK, here's a kid who and under circumstances accidentally shot somebody. OK, he had to be punished, but we're not going to send him to jail for the rest of his life. Right. But then there's this adult who committed three murders who knew what they were doing. Exactly well, he was young, by the way, I should mention, by the way, I, I believe he was under the age of 21 when he did when he did this. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Well, then still, but three, but here's the thing. There's still a difference between the kid who accidentally shoots somebody in a robbery. He was trying to get some money to buy some sneakers. And there's a difference between a dude that kills three people purposely killing one to keep the other murder quiet. Right. And it's almost like she's trying to end. She left the word mass out of trying to end mass incarceration because it sounds like she's trying to end incarceration. Well, some of those policies do sound that way. And it's just, you know, I mean, there's so much wrong with the with the prison system anyway. I mean, I I, I think that 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 prisons uh, that private prisons should should not be allowed. I do not believe that private prisons should they should not be legal. You know, you shouldn't be able to have a corporation and and the corporation's job is to build prisons because you you were going to support people who are going to incarcerate people to fill your prisons, to fill your pockets. Well, profit has no place in prisons and incarceration and justice. Profit has no place in healthcare other than getting paid properly for the jobs you do. But nobody should be making corporate profits out of other what other, you know, other people's punishment. Well, Obama ended them and Trump brought them back. Ugh. Trump brought him back. So so you, we've got for profit prisons again. So uh, we will end with this. Uh, this I'm shaking my head. Al Pacino, who is one of my favorite actors of all time, is expecting his fourth child with his girlfriend, a uh, producer by the name of Noor Alfala, if I'm pronouncing this correctly. He's got uh, three other kids, a 33 year old daughter and 22 year old uh, twins. And he's expecting his fourth now. And he's 83. <clears throat> and Robert De Niro just welcomed his seventh child. And he's 79. Good Lord. Now, yeah, okay, that's it. exactly what I said. Ah. It was a word for words verbatim. What I said when I read that was good Lord. Who wants to start over that late? Like, I Well, they're not doing the starting. It's their much younger wives, obviously. My kids literally, my oldest is 18. My youngest just turned 13. And I can't look back and say, oh, you know what? I'd really like to do this all over again. Let's get these diapers back. Come on. That formula. Let's go. Let's well, they're go. not changing Sleeping diapers. They're, 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 these are rich. These are multimillionaires who got nannies up the yin yang and everything else. But those poor kids aren't going to know their dads. I mean, these the no. odds of these guys making it to their high school graduation, and even if they've got all are the money zero. in the world, zero. All the money in the world isn't going to make up for not having a dad around. Um, no. Unless, the you know, maybe the cute pool boy will take over that role. <laughs> you and your pool boys. I know. I'm kind of on a fixation about it. You and it. your pool boy. No pool. You just want a pool boy. You just no. you don't want a pool. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't like swimming. But, there, just- but, you know, it is, you know, that's that that's the way that I look at it, is that you're at a certain age that, you know, it, it's it's not fair to the kid because yeah. he is at some point going to lose at some point when he's young, he is going to lose a parent, going to lose his yeah. father. And, and, it's, the, and that is her, is her, is her is or her, even her. worse, even worse. The, the mother has something happen in paths away. Now, all they got is the old father that's going to die pretty soon. So, you yeah. know, there's all kinds of scenarios that run the gamut when you when you have a child this late in life. And but, when you have a kid, even even at an age that would not be considered late in life, if, especially if you're a father and you're dealing with a son who say who's let's say twenty five years younger than you are, uh, you know the way that you 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 butt heads and don't understand each other. Can you imagine the age gap when it's seventy or eighty years? 
Oh my oh, God. God. Imagine being the older siblings of that kid. You're just going to hate that kid. Like, ugh. <laughs> well, and what that kid's going to say this, to his. Oh, go I ahead. had his will on lock. I was number one <laughs> in his will. Now, if you come along, mm, somebody got to die. Okay, I think what's the, the stuff my my, my my I just have the, my kids tease me about how old I am because I have my kids in my 30s and they do have friends whose parents are younger. I mean, can you imagine this kid teasing? Oh my God, Dad, you're so old. <laughs> yeah, I think well, the I cutoff say, should be around. I'm, I'm nowhere near 70 years old. Thank goodness. Um, uh, but I I am a grandfather. I'm, 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 I mentioned earlier I'm a grandfather of an eight month old. I just became a grandfather. Um, but if I could do it again from scratch, I would. I have another now, baby I'm now. Not, I'm not 79, and I think that's crazy. But right now, you know, because there's there are mistakes that I made that I wouldn't make again, and there are things that I know now that I wish I knew. You know, when I was I became a dad on my my son was born. My first child was born on my 25th birthday. On my okay, birthday. that's too young. You know, so I, there are mistakes that I made. First one was I had three kids between 25 and 30. That's when my three were born. And and um, and they're in their 20s and, th- and early 30s now. And uh, if if I had it to do over again, there are a lot of things that I would have done different. There are a lot of things then they turned out great. I don't know if it's because of me or in spite of me. You know, but they I lucked out that they all turned out great. But there are are things I, I, I would do differently. So if, if I could do it, if if I could comfortably do it financially, meaning that I, I could hire help. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I mean by comfortably do it. I know, but I just feel like if you're old enough to be a grandparent, it may not be the time to start over. I don't know, because I'm I'm gonna I think I've mentioned this before. I'm gonna be a grandma in November. I'm gonna have my first grandchild. Yeah, I'm really excited. And part of it is my shop's been closed for several years. I'm not physically capable of having another baby. And I do sort of feel like maybe that's the cutoff. You know, I think a huge age difference in relationships can be dealt with, but women can't have babies much past mid forties. Well, there are so, ways that it can be done. I mean, you, you could do a surrogate. You I don't want to, you, you know, you could do IVF. If you wanted to do it in theory, you could do it. You could, but I mean, my, you know, I'm sorry. I, I've, I've been through it. I, I mean, the problem is, Brian, you'd have to do it all over again. And like Chris was saying, do you really want to go back to diapers? Yeah, well, I'll change with, my grandchild's with the diapers. Grandchild, I'm dealing with diapers. But then yeah, again, but you don't I have to leave. buy them. Yeah, you don't have to buy the diaper. You have to worry about it. You don't have to take. You just like, oh, you're you got a diaper situation here. Your child that I made and change diapers <laughs> yeah. already you change your child's diapers <laughs> yeah. and we get to spoil them with no consequences and i have, have not to- emptied a diaper pail yet i have <laughs> had to do that it's amazing the crap that that, that we had that's different now yeah that, that i'm learning with my i mean like like you know baby monitors you know we're, we're walkie talkies and now they're like video things yeah so you're actually watching the kids sleep it looks creepy oh my god they sent me and <laughs> this morning my son and daughter-in-law sent me the ultrasound um, our ultrasounds were a picture with shadows and sure yeah. the doctor told me that's the baby fine this thing looks like a pixar animation first of all it's a moving picture and you can tell it's a little boy and he you can see and this you know it's only like 10 inches long but it looks like a completely functioning human it's well there wild. are there are, are are actually boutique places where you can go um, and I have them to put one. makeup on the kid and, practically. Yeah. And, I, I, and, and their whole job is 3D ultrasounds. And, and what I thought you were going to say glam. I thought you were going to say glamour, ultra, little, glamour little, ultrasounds. 
little little prenatal John Benet Ramsey's. And, <laughs> wow. I shouldn't have gone there. I'm sorry. I should not have gone there. That was, that you was, I apologize in advance. Don't apologize was, now. Comedy has no apologies, Brian. <laughs> that was wrong. That was so wrong. But it was funny. <laughs> but was we laughed, wrong. so maybe <laughs> it was it was funny. So we give it a pass. Yeah. But anyway, it's it's 3D ultrasounds. They're in color. You know, and and, you know, you can you you can see the baby blinking and, and chewing on the umbilical cord and, and it looks like a baby as opposed to, you know, as I said, it was just a, a in, in when we had ours, just tiny the black pictures. and white still photos where it's like, yeah, OK, I'll take your word oh, for my it, baby. God, the, the, these the videos for bar mitzvahs or graduations are going to be really humiliating for this generation. <laughs> <laughs> you were so funny in the womb. And on that note, uh, Lord Mayor Chris Riggins, always a pleasure. Anything you guys want to plug? Uh, yeah, check me out at the Comedy Store on June 9th. I'll be performing with a bunch of my funny friends. Uh, it's going to be a good time. And then also uh, just go get my album. I need to sell some more. It's my first, my fifth first album on Spotify and iTunes and all that good stuff. What's it called again? My fifth first album. My fifth first album. Chris Riggins, R I G G I N S. Chris Riggins, my fifth first album on Spotify. I'll listen to it. I got Spotify. I will. I will definitely listen. A lot of people listen to, to this podcast on Spotify. As a matter of fact, too. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. It's easy. You're already on Spotify. So now listen to Chris's album. Yeah. You just transfer over. I can't guarantee you're gonna laugh, but listen to it anyway. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's because he's my friend, and he does and he does the podcast for me. And, and he doesn't get paid. And not only Lauren gets paid. Oh, okay. Oh, oh wow. I, boy, I haven't gotten that in a long time. <laughs> and you got a new song coming out? Yeah, I have, so I have a new, for people who are new to the podcast, I put out a new song every Friday. I've done it over 10 years every week. I'm nuts. Um, but I have my song coming out this week. is about the whole, it's in honor of Pride Month, about rainbows being scarier than guns. Uh, my latest album is Don't Mind Me, I'll Just Sit Here in the Dark, songs reframing the Jewish mother stereotype that's av available on Spotify, but I don't make much money there. So buy it for me directly, laurenmayershop.com. And I have a, a live stream on Sunday on Facebook, and that is free, 4 p.m., Lauren Mayer Comedy Songs. And I've got something really, really cool coming up that I can't talk about yet. How's that for a tease? Oh, please. So I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll be I'm going to lose sleep. You, I'll be able to tell you sometime in the next couple of weeks. But are Chris and I included in it? That's the most important no, thing. You're not, unfortunately, you're not. Not in this. Oh, well, then what good well, is it? <laughs> I've got something pretty, pretty huge that's coming up that I, that I, I can't talk we'll about. We'll just bask However, in reflected glory. If you are in the state of California, um, I be, I'm a regular contributor now on um, – on a show called California Live that uh, runs in San Francisco, uh, Los Angeles, and San Diego, Mondays through Fridays between 11:30 in the morning and 12 noon, uh, Monday to Friday, and uh, and it's it's mostly live. I've been doing some tape stuff for them, but it's mostly live. And uh, I'm a contributor. I do a couple of pieces a week, so uh, just started doing that. So my next piece, I think, will run on Monday. And it's a, a piece where I, I, I took a salsa dancing lesson because people kept saying, you need to learn a salsa dance because oh, I have no fun. So um, first one I did was snakes. I'm terrified of snakes. So I went to the snake place in Berkeley. It's the big reptile store. And, and the challenge was to do the whole interview while wrapped in a 12 foot boa constrictor <laughs> who was pregnant and who had not eaten in a month and a half. I think it was a she. 
Yeah, well, she she was pregnant. I think so. <laughs> she had not eaten. Yeah, see, there I go with my pronouns. See, I that. That's why we need. They had not eaten, but. but- but you don't know how the snake identifies. So, you know, go with they <laughs> until the snake tells you it's specifically yeah. a she, because it could be a they, you know. My bad. It's a good point. There you go. It's a good point. Bottom Bruce line Reagan's is don't Florida mess Mayor. with a pregnant snake. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. And I will talk to you both soon. Peace. And that's going to do it for this week. Thank you very much for listening. If you like the podcast, people always ask, how can we support you? Real simple, real simple. First, by telling people about us. Uh, secondly, by uh, subscribing so that automatically you get the podcast in your feed every week. But the easiest way too that really, really helps a lot is whichever platform you're using to listen to this podcast, please go and give us a five-star review. Give us a five-star review because it does help um, when people are looking for new podcasts, they look to see how things are rated and the higher the rating, the the better the odds are that they're going to give you a listen and see whether or not they like it. So it helps people to, to, uh, to find the show. So whatever platform, whether it's Stitcher or if it's iTunes or if it's Spotify or wherever it is, Amazon, we're on Amazon, wherever you're listening to us, uh, give us a five-star review and uh, that would help us tremendously. I will check you out next week. Uh, until then, happy pride. Be kind to your neighbor. He knows where you live.